It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Your 2024 doesn't suck already. I'm just tossing that out there right off the bat. That at least it got off to a good start this year, right? Okay. Just, just tossing that out there, working on that. Start off your second day of the year. Good. I hope the first year went well as well. Okay. So it's uh, Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. You will hear some stories this morning on the news. Japan, horrible earthquake there. Two planes collide on the ground. And one of them erupts in flames. Everybody got out. That's good news there. But also, <clears throat> love this, a cargo ship carrying burning lithium-ion batteries has reached Alaska, but it was kept offshore for safety. Oh, wow. Okay. Just kind of keeping an eye on that. Lithium-ion batteries meant for a lot of different things, including electric cars, but a whole lot of other things. Just part of that modern, clean, green technology that they're always pushing on us. But I got a story here that's just perfect to start off your new year yet. And just to tease it before I hit the disclaimer here, Epstein didn't kill himself. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so for a long time, people on the interweb, that newfangled tool that all the kids are talking about, which I'm sure is just a passing fad, but of course, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself is what you see a lot out there to this day. And all love the jokes on that, by the way, but also... So where's that little black book that Epstein had with all the names of the people who went to visit his island full of little girls? So creepy people, men could show up and do whatever they wanted with them. Where is that little book? Well, here's the latest on the story. This week, per a judge, well, we're talking last week, really. Per a judge's order, the names of dozens of people closely associated with uh, Jeffrey Epstein will be revealed. The reports are at least, well, some of the big names. One, a big one. Bill Clinton will be named as John Doe number 36 when a list of Jeffrey Epstein's associates from court filings are made public. It's about time. This is taken long enough. But now we'll see what the Clintons do to get out of this because they always figure a way out of this stuff. There's all sorts of people that I've been reading about just during the course of this morning, which is not a new thing, who should have been arrested on something a long time ago. But because of where they are in Washington, D.C., and who they've become in Washington, D.C., it's not going to happen, right? Story says, old Bubba himself is reported John Doe number 36 
in the Epstein case, joining the company of about 170 others. Wow. Would really be great to find out who the other people are. I hope they actually, instead of saying, well, you got to prove that it's Bill Clinton, hope they actually have something here. Even ABC is reporting that John Doe number 36 is indeed former President Bill Clinton. I got to ask here, let's see, what? I just forgot. Number, it was, what number president was Bill Clinton? Because uh, I don't think it was 36. 42nd. Okay, it was the 42nd. That's too bad. I just was, whole, I didn't think it would sync up. It wouldn't have been fun if it was. Yeah, he's John Doe number 36. He was also the 36th prior. He was like 40-something. All right. So the story in front of me says, Former President Clinton, who ABC News has learned, is identified as John Doe number 36, is mentioned in more than 50 of the redacted filings according to court records. Why redacted? Thought we well, this is child abuse here. Thought we were trying to get to the bottom of this. Well, let's unredact them. Several of those sealed or redacted entries are focused on efforts by uh, lawyers in the in mid 2016. First reported by ABC News to subpoena the two-term Democrat president for deposition testimony about his relationship with Epstein. Now, according to portions of the court record that were sealed. The legal team initiated formal discussions with attorneys for 10 unnamed witnesses back in 2016. That was a few days after the former president's wife, Hillary Clinton, clinched the Democrat nomination for president. The victim in in this case, the lawyer argued that she met Clinton on Epstein's private island, although she did not accuse Clinton of any uh, onward sexual behavior towards her. So they say Clinton's lawyers, of course, deny that uh, Slick Willie ever went to Epstein's island, although we know that Clinton did have close ties with Epstein and his partner, uh, Maxwell, who uh, attempted to well, to use the record of volunteering with the Clinton Foundations to reduce her 20-year trafficking sentence. According to the New York Post, Clinton's name is mentioned more than 50 times in the documents set to be unsealed this week, although there's little indication that they'll be, uh, they'll be able to pin any crime. So before you get too excited, of course, before you get really too excited about this, what it does show is, yes, Clinton was mentioned. We do have photos of Clinton and Epstein together, but what you got to do is place him on the island first off and then you got to find evidence well what was he doing on the island because if you're thinking well we pretty much know that's not going to be good enough in a court of law you're going to have to show he was on the island and you're going to have to show what he was doing on the island because if you can't do that you have absolutely nothing at this point. So it's exciting that we're a step closer in taking a look at the client list and who's on the client list. And this is something I'd really like myself to uncover who's who was on the island because we're talking not just major players, major names here, but you're talking an island with little girls and we all know what was going on there. So some people need to be dealt with. But proving that gets to be a lot harder. A theory and they connect the dots, 
doesn't cut it when it comes to actual court of law. Okay. Actually, it doesn't cut it that way. So, well, again, that's where I say you've got to be very careful when you, when you do something like this. You have to be very careful how you plan to play it. Uh, if you want to convict somebody of something. So, again, conspiracy theories don't cut it. I'm glad we're a step closer. And I'm sure that as they get a step closer, Hillary is giving Bill all sorts of looks, don't you think? I bet, well, she is, of course, especially after the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Oh, yeah, it's gotten real uncomfortable in now. Don't you love it, though, when, um, where were they at when Bill and Hillary was, I think, the Democrat convention? Well, it was some, it was, Bill and Hillary were sitting next to each other, and up there in the audience were all of the women who have accused Bill of improprieties. Remember that and how nervous he looked? Yeah, wouldn't you like to have been in that car ride on the way home with him and Hillary? Today's show is sponsored by Osculation Rejuvenation for when the hits the fan. And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six thirty-six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday, not a Monday. Just so you know. Hello, hey you. He's in Marbleton. Uh, he said the left used to make fun of Dan Quayle being a bad vice president, but she has him beat hands down, Camilla Harris. And Chet from Yoder, Camilla is a lifesaver. Yeah. Uh, um. Here's the thing. Dan Quayle was given a bad rap. I don't know why they picked Dan Quayle to be vice president. I would prefer to have someone as vice president that if something happened to the president, the person could actually be president. Um, so it's hard to find someone who wants that job when they're really qualified, but still. It'd be nice to at least give a serious look. Dan Quayle is not a dumb guy. He never was. Now, there was, remember the people who were old enough to remember uh, he was made fun of for misspelling potato. Here's what really happened. So he was sitting in front of a classroom, and it was a photo op thing to talk about education and so on. And he was giving a spelling bee to these little kids. And the teacher had written up little three-by-five cards with words on it. So he would read the three-by-five cards, spell this word. The teacher had misspelled potato. Now, there's two ways. Actually, you can do potato with an E at the end or not, but it's preferred to not is the preferred way. You can do it with it, but it's preferred to not have it. It's more of a colloquialism. So the teacher wrote potato with an E. The teacher misspelled the word. So when Dan Quayle, when the kid spells potato without an E, Dan Quayle's looking at the card that the teacher gave him and assumes the kid is wrong. Well, a teacher gave it to him. What? So people picked on him. He's just such an idiot. He's actually, he's not an idiot. He was never a dumb guy. Okay, but got a bad rap for it anyway. So, all right. Um, boy, there's so much to carve through today. Let me give you this one real quick here. I'm just going to pick on the wording of something. I looked at a story today, and it says, 
chances of below, listen to, to the wording carefully. You, we've been going through some warm times here, some really nice weather, right? Now, the rest of the nation around us has been pounded by winter. But here in the middle or the western part of the country, we've been under a high-pressure system. And when that high-pressure system moved out, another one moved in. And that's what's keeping us in this little bubble of really nice weather. And that's all there is to it. So the headline, chances of below normal temperatures and above normal precipitation is likely next week. All right. I just wanted to define that for you before we get into next week because there will be quite a, quite a few changes in our weather forecast. So what is below normal and what is above normal? This gives a wrong idea when people hear what, you know, below normal and above normal, as if something is supposed to be normal. Remember, you live on a planet where a few times, at least that we know of, at least twice that we're sure of, the planet has gone through what they called snowball earth. The entire planet was frozen over. We've also, the planet's also been so warm, it has not had polar ice caps. That's happened multiple times. So what is normal? Some years are wetter, some years are drier. Some years are colder, some years are hotter. So what is normal? Well, I can define normal for you. Normal is nothing stays the same. Things are constantly changing and it doesn't stay the same. That's what normal is. Remember, we've talked about this before. At one point, Wyoming was at the bottom of a shallow sea. There were sharks in this area and other such sea creatures. And then it became a beachy area, then sort of a swampy area like the Everglades or something like that. <clears throat> and look at us today. As the uh, either side, we're getting pushed from either side. We keep getting thrust upward. And we're also getting not just higher, but drier. Okay. So we, Wyoming's been through a lot of changes, and those changes are completely normal. So when I see a headline, well, temperatures might be below normal, and precipitation might be above normal. No. Years of drought is normal. Years of too much wet is normal. And in between is normal, too. I one time saw a reporter pointing at a, during a drought in North Carolina... He was in, he actually walked out into a pond. The water's supposed to be up to here. Well, no, the water's not supposed to be up to there. The water in that pond will continue to change level throughout the existence of the pond. Okay. Someday the pond will go away, and that will be normal too. Just be aware of that when you hear your weather forecast. Well, this is above normal or below normal. Not necessarily. Hello everybody, we are going to die in about 30.1 seconds, so brace for impact. Bye. Mwahahahaha. You're listening to the radio. <laughs> it's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, if you didn't make any New Year's resolutions, you can't break any. Well, no, because I I had a quiet weekend. Yeah, it was all good, and um, I'll have you know. 
uh-huh. that I said on this program on Friday right. that the Wyoming Cowboy football team would win that bowl game on the last play of the game. Uh-huh. Guess what they did? Uh, the last day play. They won the game on the last. They won the game on the last play of the game. Wait a second. Okay, everybody. Frank got it right. Yes. Boy, it's about damn time. Boy, yeah. That's what I resolved to do more of. Yes, yeah, that's year. right. Well, yeah, yeah. That way, see, this is one of those cases where, if, when people go to Vegas, what did Frank Gambino say? Bet the, the opposite. Yeah. But this time, if they had bet with you, they would have won big. Yeah. They well by the by maybe, but I, all I know is that I said. Yes. Wyoming is going to win the game on the yep. last play of the game. Uh-huh. That's exactly what they did. Score was? 16 to 15. Okay, not bad. Okay, how do you think they performed? Okay, defense right. was good. Offense was functional. Right. The kicker played better than he had played in a long time. Yeah. And and the coaches did their job. And uh-huh. Craig Bowles says, all right, thank you very much. That's yes. my career. Okay. And I want a lot of pictures with the big trophy. And did, wait, let's wait. move on. Did Bowles get the Gatorade treatment? Did they? I didn't even. See, they, I didn't even see that. Frank, that was the most important part of the whole game. Where no, were you? Were you, get, were you up getting another beer or something like I, that? I might have. I, I remember <laughs> yeah, going okay. across the field. But well, I mean, did they carry him out on his shoulder? Uh, yeah, shoulders? I think they did that. Yeah, I, you know. Okay. Well, that's a- a after a while. Once the game's over, I'm like, okay, you know, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's move on here. I'm yeah. sure they had a nice party for oh, him. Oh, I'm that sure. Kind of stuff yeah. There. yeah okay. So have a cigar in a Manhattan. Yeah. There you go. How many years did he coach? I think total close to forty. Really? With Wyoming, it was a 10. Okay, so 40 years of coaching, 10 years at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big deal. Very big. Yeah, okay. So he he, he came in and did his job. Right. Because it was a, a dumpster fire prior to him. Okay. Straighten him out, make him competitive. Right. And... You know, they went to they went to some bowl games. They won. They mm-hmm. won some bowl games. That's that's okay. that, that's that's progress. So he did his okay. He I just did want, his I want job. a Gatorade pitcher. Yeah. We'll find it. it's got to be out there somewhere. College football over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys did cap their season with a 16-15 win over Toledo in the Arizona Bowl in Tucson, winning that deal on the last play of the game. Down a couple of points in the fourth quarter, the Pokes drove 87 yards on 12 plays with John Hoyland nailing a 24-yard field goal for the win. Hoyland, who endured a, a tough year, finished the season in style with three field goals. Wyoming offense did just enough to win the game, and their offensive line really struggled in the second and third quarters. Cowboys did run the ball for 170 yards, and quarterback Andrew Peasley was 20 of 25 for 168 yards, but he was sacked three times, once for a safety. Cowboy defense actually saved the day. They allowed an 80-yard run for a touchdown and two field goals, and, and that's it. Toledo had just 14 first downs in the game, and head coach Craig Bull rides off into the retirement sunset with a nine-win season, and that was great to see. National semifinals in college football yesterday. Michigan beat Alabama in overtime in the Rose Bowl 27-20 and Washington held off Texas 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl. So it's Michigan and Washington a week from today for the national championship. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos did beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday 16-9 but were eliminated from the playoff chase after Kansas City won their game. Quarterback Jarrett Stidham was, was functional for the Broncos, throwing for 224 yards and a touchdown but really not much better than Russell Wilson who was benched. Turns out that coach Sean Payton was trying to pull a fast one, saying the team needed an offensive spark, and that's why we put Wilson on the bench. In fact, they put Wilson on the bench so they could save $37 million in 2025. But 
Let's be straight about that. Broncos will miss the playoffs yet again. They haven't been there since 2015, and that says it all. Men's college basketball from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys were overwhelmed by BYU and Provo 94-68. to it's, it's tough to win in Provo to begin with, and BYU is ranked 12th in the country, and UW seems light years behind nationally ranked caliber teams. Sam Griffin led the post with 25 points on 10 of 14 from the field. Mason Walters had a brutal day, going 4 of 17 for 12 points. BYU is 14 of 32 from the three-point line to get to 12 and 1. Cowboys are 7 and 6, and they'll host San Jose State tonight in Laramie to begin Mountain West Conference play at 6.30. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls open Mountain West play on Saturday with a 61-47 win over Boise State to get to 6-6 six, six six overall. McKinley Dickerson, the former McKinley Bradshaw from Lyman, had 16 points on 6-12 of 12 from the field. Boise State was awful from the three-point line. One of 17, and they fall to 9-5. and five. The Cowgirls will be in Logan tomorrow to beat Utah State. So what does Coach Bowles do now that he's reached? Where's he going? You know, I, do whatever he wants. Yeah, I know, but I maybe he, he's on a maybe he's on a sailboat somewhere. I don't know. I just thought he may have said something to somebody. You know, no, no. I mean, I, I think the I mean, retirement means retirement. Yeah, know? but I mean, does that mean hang out in Wyoming? Does he I go get like you know. said, beachfront have, property, get a boat somewhere? You know, maybe, maybe all of those. Yeah, I don't know. You know? It, it takes a little bit to sort of wind down after forty years of doing well, something. Well, yeah. So you say, wow, what am I going to do now? That's right. Okay, so you start the first few mornings by sleeping late, but yeah. then boredom sets in immediately after that and as if you heard me say many times you've got to keep your mind busy or you're done so i'd like to know what he does with himself after this. i think what he should do he should get in the radio and tv well um i hear there's a job available in wyoming where i'm not what never mind frank we're good okay yeah okay so talk to you tomorrow let's wake up wyoming Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. The wreckage is still smoldering on a Tokyo airport runway. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. After two planes crashed on the ground. A packed Japan Airlines Airbus plane with 379 people, both crew and passengers on board, taxiing on a runway at Tokyo's Haneda Airport, very busy airport, was involved in a collision with a Japanese Coast Guard plane, apparently just landing at the airport. The crash followed and amazingly, with a cabin filling up with smoke, all passengers and crew members from that plane got off safely. Well, that's Fox's Greg Palcott. Right after they got off that plane, the entire jet was consumed by fire. The crew on the Coast Guard plane, however, not so fortunate. Five members were killed as rescuers keep searching rubble in Japan for more earthquake victims. Thousands of homes and buildings are damaged. At least 48 people reported dead. Israeli forces keep attacking Hamas militants and heavy fighting around the Gaza city of Han Yunus, even after Israel announced it would scale back its war in other areas of Gaza, withdrawing thousands of troops as the tension remains thick in and around the Red Sea, where a U.S.-led international coalition aims to secure oil and cargo shipping following a series of attacks from Yemen, and now Iran has sent a warship. It's unclear what the ship's mission is, but according to Iranian media, the warship has been used since 2009 to secure shipping routes and combat piracy. The move comes after the sinking by the U.S. of three ships belonging to the Houthi military organization, which has been accused of attacking ships in the region to show support for the terrorist organization Hamas. Iran has been accused by U.S. officials of supporting the Houthis by giving them intelligence, training, and money. That's Fox's Ryan Schmelz. The FBI has opened a terror investigation into the fiery crash 
crash of two SUVs early on New Year's Day in Rochester, New York. They're probing why the driver of one of those SUVs rented it and had all gasoline canisters inside. America's listening to Fox News. Aches and pains are just part of getting older. You know it and I know it, but that doesn't mean you have to just accept it. That's why I want to tell you the story about Nancy from Texas and her Relief Factor story. For years, she took care of horses and gave riding lessons. She started getting older and Nancy began feeling the effects, so she decided to give Relief Factor a try. It didn't work overnight, but it did work. These days, she says, I have more stamina because I don't hurt. With Relief Factor, she can keep going and doing more. I can relate, as I used to have terrible aches and pains in my hands. It was to the point that I didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But ever since starting Relief Factor, I've got my life back. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, can help you feel and live a better life every day. To get started, try Relief Factor, their three-week quick start kit. It's night. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. On December 29th, an alleged victim of child abuse told K2 Radio News that foster father Steve Marler was arrested. The charges have not been made public yet. For Cambria Marler, this was a Christmas miracle. It came late, but she was just happy it happened. It's been three years since she escaped what she calls the House of Horrors. Five years ago, Casperites recognized Kristen and Steve Marler as an outstanding couple who welcomed over 60 children into their enormous home on Casper Mountain. They were even invited to the White House for providing a home to children of broken families. When Cambria first arrived, she was just seven years old. She remembers it seemed a little scary at first, but Kristen was welcoming. It was around the time they legally adopted her that things began to get weird. Cambria claims that Steve began to molest her when she was nine. Steve's initial appearance in circuit court is scheduled for 2 p.m. today at the Townsend Justice Center. There, the judge will read the formal charges against Steve and assess bond. This is Cambria's story. Right now, these are mere allegations, and Steve is presumed innocent unless proven guilty. According to Cambria, days at the Marler home were spent doing schoolwork, Bible study, and chores. Cambria recalls stacking firewood, cleaning, taking care of their many huskies, and helping build an addition on the Marler house. As more and more children arrived, she says it was a bit overwhelming. They had to ask permission to use the bathroom and shower. Discipline was corporal. Cambria says she received too many spankings to count. The children were allegedly spanked with semi-mud flaps, pipes, boards, and an obedience paddle for things like forgetting to say, yes, mom, yes, dad. Cambria says sometimes Kristen and Steve would become angry and they would hit. Cambria alleges that Kristen and Steve began withholding food from the children as a form of punishment. She would get so hungry she would eat dog food and says she even took raw meat off of animals hanging in the garage. The girls allegedly began to steal food from the pantry and hide it in their room, prompting the Marler parents to remove the door. Eventually, they were moved out of their room altogether and forced to sleep on the floor of the library. Cambria says they tried many times to escape. When the Department of Family Services came to the house, the children were too afraid to tell anyone what was really happening. One day, the Marlers sent Cambria to the Wyoming Cowboy Challenge Academy. When she arrived, they performed a health check and discovered that at 17 years old, Cambria weighed just 68 pounds. She was taken to the hospital for malnourishment and nearly fractured feet from standing. Cambria has not returned to the Marler house since 2019. The other children were not taken out of the home until this year. Two other alleged victims were returned to their biological mother in 2022. They reached out to K2 Radio News to share their stories which were similar to Cambria's. At this time, they wish to remain anonymous. We were unable to contact Kristen Marler, and she has not responded to the voicemail that we left. When I asked Cambria what she thinks a fair punishment is for Steve, she said, I want him to be just as scared and alone as I was, she said, forever. We will be following Steve Marler's case closely, and we will update you when more details are known. 
Baby, it's cold outside, but Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is keeping your feet warm and toasty with Muck, Boggs, Danner, and the Cross Boots. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports on CY Avenue. Sunny skies and breezy winds getting back to work on this Tuesday. Highs will be in the upper 30s and low 40s. Clear skies, upper teens tonight with highs in the upper 30s near 40 for Wednesday. May turn brisk again in the afternoon. Clouds start to build Wednesday night with lows in the upper teens, middle and upper 30s for Thursday and Friday. I'm Day Weather Meteorologist. Just on. Seven oh six in time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, let's see. Good news and bad news. I just have to debate when I do something like this, and this is good news and bad news. Which do you want first? And frankly, I don't care which you want. I'm going to tell you what I want to give her. I've decided I'm going to go ahead and switch up the order here. Just a moment. I'm going to give you the bad news first, but then I'll make you, I'll try to make you feel better with some good news because I like leaving you on an up note, okay? Morning. Glad we had that this discussion. This contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, what you're about to hear is very typical. Let's go back a little ways. The whole cryptocurrency controversy that happened a while ago. There was this uh, slob and a guy who was not all that smart. Other than he was able to rook some very wealthy people out of a lot of money through cryptocurrency. Yeah, that was the guy who just dressed like a slob all the time, big curly hair on top of his head. Okay. Finally was arrested for it. Sam Bankman Freed is his name. So, okay, the case against him after he's arrested for that, and a lot of people are picking on cryptocurrency, and actually it's not cryptocurrency that was the problem. This was very typical to like a Ponzi scheme, things like that. He was also taking a lot of that money, which he was supposed to be investing in cryptocurrency things and spending it, not just on himself with lavish salaries and other people that he worked with, but he got all these huge salaries, but donating a lot of money to Democrats, tons of it. There was all sorts of influence peddling, bribery, stuff like that. Here's the latest. So, and apparently as I describe this, I just want you to hear it and then move along and just pretend nothing's happened because you're not supposed to notice. Message from the prosecutor in the Sam Bankman-Fried uh, case He's been notified the judge and the government that he would not be pursuing a trial in charges against him. Not all charges, but most of the charges against him. So what charges are affected? You might be wondering. Uh, maybe no big deal since the prosecutor tells us that the judge has all the information he needs to sentence this guy to long term in prison. The charges that are dropped relate to bribery of political figures and illegal campaign contributions. Oh, 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 okay. 
<clears throat> so they're going to prosecute this guy and send him to prison. But when it gets to the point where we have to start involving political figures in Washington, D.C., who took money from him, influence, penalty, and bribes, that's where we stop. Because in order to pursue the case, we actually have to bring in these political figures and expose them, which means they get charged with taking bribes and influence peddling money, right? Sorry says what's infuriating about, it's obvious, is that uh, while Zambic and Fright is getting off on these charges, how much time he spends in jail is likely to change not much at all. It's that all those bribed politicians and the ones who got illegal campaign contributions will not completely avoid, well, they're now going to pretty much completely avoid any public scrutiny. Dropping the charges is about protecting the establishment, folks, as you you figured this out before I finished it, right? Yeah, so Sam Bankman-Fried is a minor beneficiary of the scheme to protect the people in power. This is how the system works these days. It's equal justice for all except those people who are in Washington, D.C. and part of the establishment now. And, in this case, he primarily bribed Democrats. These days, the elite no longer is even trying to pretend that there's equal justice under the law. The charges are just dropped. We're not going to pursue anything because of the light it's going to shine. Who's going to get dragged out into the public eye? And we will have to file charges then against various politicians. And we, could, we just can't do that. Massive funders, well, massive fraudsters, the story says, funnel money to politicians. And the prosecutor hides the ball protecting the politicians. And I do have pictures of this guy with various Democrat politicians and ones he gave tons of money to. The fig leaf, the story says, being used to cover the prosecutor from criticism is that the Bahamas uh, is objecting to prosecution. Yeah, the islands of the Bahamas. Of course, among others, the the politicians who were bribed in this case, some of them are from Bahamas, but there are also a lot of American politicians as well. What about them? Does anybody believe that if the U.S. government really wanted to prosecute this guy, we couldn't pressure the Bahamas? Because they don't want their politicians exposed either. Yeah. And of course, what really goes on here is our Washington, D.C. establishment doesn't want to be exposed, especially the Democrats, who took a lot of money from this guy. The story says the contempt which the establishment holds us in is stunning, but obviously they are correct in their assessment that they will pay no price for this whatsoever. They can. That's why the case proceeds enough to put this guy in jail for the cryptocurrency scam until we get to the point that we have to start pointing fingers at politicians and names start coming out. Now, earlier in this program, at the very beginning of this program, I had pointed out that Bill Clinton has been named, and it was ABC News that did it, as John Doe number 36 in the Epstein list. You know, Epstein, of course, didn't kill himself in that prison, right? So Bill Clinton has been named. But in order to go after Bill Clinton, I mean, you can say he's on the client list as number 36, but client list for what? 
because you got to prove he was on the island with those little girls, and you have to show exactly what was going on between Bill Clinton and those kids. Just because he's on some list doesn't mean anything. So would there be protect? So far, that list has been protecting those in Washington D.C. Not just Bill Clinton, but many other very influential people who are on that Epstein client list. So, but of course, they will be hidden. Any real evidence will be hidden. The only thing that we'll have is you'll be able to wag your finger and go, aha, you were on the list. But it's not actually going to mean anything. You know that and I know that. The establishment works really hard to protect themselves. And your mainstream irrelevant news media, of course, will play along until there's absolutely no way they can. They mostly play along. Because, well, they're part of the establishment, too, aren't they? Hey there, boys and girls, or whoever else you identify as. Welcome to Woke Radio, W-O-K-E. Woke Radio, W-O-K-E. Here are some hot tracks for your commute across the basement to the office. Just don't tell mom. She's upstairs and she thinks you're looking for a job. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not Part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's a Tuesday. Remember Tuesday now. Okay, so let's take a look at the good news. I was going to give you bad news, and so I just gave you the bad news. Now, here's the good news. The war on gas stoves has basically failed so far. That's good news. All right, so let's take a look at the last potential positive thing that happened at the end of last year, which was pretty much the day before yesterday. Among many terrible governance policy, the story says under the Biden administration, one of the more, uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, annoying ones, we can use a lot of other terms, the war on just gas in general, not just gas stoves, but anything that runs on natural gas and the overall war on organic fuels, coal, gas, and oil. The Biden administration, the story says, and its liberal allies have been hell-bent on shutting down all natural gas and oil pipelines. The fact that our president and borders are can seem to stop pointing to gas stoves even though they have them in their own houses and use them once again they're allowed to have oftentimes they have pictures taken of themselves in their own kitchens and there's gas stoves back there but you're not allowed to use them well here's where the good news comes in a close look at the trends showing in over the past let's say year just last year suggests the public reaction was not good to the biden administration In fact, there was a tipping point in the opposite direction. The efforts, the story says, to ban gas stoves and natural gas in general has backfired. So not just reputable polling, but sales indicate that people are pushing back on the nonsense. An increasing number of states are enacting legislation designed to protect access to natural gas, including stoves. Sales are up as well. There's... uh, a news roundup that I'm looking here at. This is a gentleman who put together all sorts of... See if I can click on this and get to it. This is on Twitter. I still can't get used to saying X, but okay. 
Gas stove pollutant causes 12.7% childhood asthma. Study finds. Study compared gas stove pollution to secondhand cigarette smoke. Another one was, are gas stoves the new cigarettes? Health risks of gas stove. These were all the headlines that you were hearing during this time. And this reporter writes, as a reminder, many of the studies in recent years linking gas stoves to health threats relied on dubious methodologies, including encasing kitchens in plastic sheets uh, that were funded by groups against gas stoves. So in other words, in order to do a study, is a gas stove actually harmful in your house? Well, let's go ahead and set up a laboratory experiment that's nothing like what actually happens in your house and see if anything bad happens. So, for example, cutting off any kind of circulation, because in your house, in the wintertime, for example, now that you have the heat on, there's circulation going on. Or if you have your windows open, or if you have your cooling on in the, in the summertime, there's all sorts of uh, circulation going on inside your house. So the experiment that they set up took away that circulation. Yeah, and they, they just took a small test kitchen and encased it in a in plastic, basically, just plastic sheets. Wow, look at all the harmful substances we catch from this gas stove. Well, yeah, because there's no ventilation going on. Homes aren't like that. Actual homes are not like that. Plenty of ventilation and very little. And also, they run these gas stoves very high for long periods of time to build up as much toxins as possible. So the experiments are unrealistic. Let's turn on all the gas burners surrounded by plastic and let it run for a long period of time. Do we build up any noxious gas? Of course you do. Is that the way you cook at home now? No. Do you have zero circulation at home? Of course not. All right, so polling throughout the year reveals an interesting fact. Opposition to gas stove bans only grew as people got really annoyed with the whole idea. In January, for example, a YouGov poll... And, you know, again, not big on polls, but okay. Found that among voters asked if they support banning gas stoves. It was 50-50 at the beginning of the controversy. But as the year went on, 70% were against banning gas stoves. Now, again, I also wonder about polls, but okay. But then people in various states started pushing on their legislators within the state. Biden administration is trying to do something to ban gas stoves in our state. We want state legislation to counteract that. And they got it. In many states, put up counter legislation. So if the federal government comes along and says, we're going to start rulemaking on this, your state can say, no, you're not. Not in our state, you're not. So, all right. Uh, Americans rebelled against this. Republicans and independents, other polls throughout the year, showed a majority opposition to banning not just gas stoves, but other gas heaters and so on that you may have. The folks pushing gas stove bans are admitting that they're getting creative with their agenda, the story says, since courts have ruled bans are illegal and voters oppose them. Cities and states like Seattle, Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, and Washington State are sidestepping legal challenges by finding creative alternatives to banning gas outright including setting emission targets in their local municipality there. So some very liberal cities are getting 
creative to try to have a, a gas ban anyway. But of course, what this leads to is one more reason just to leave those cities. Your taxes are high, crime is high, rules and regulations to the point that I can't even do what I want to do inside my own house. I'm sick of this. I'm out. So in Boston, they recently decided to pull out of an application project for a program to ban organic fuels in new construction. Now, they, they, wanted to, they wanted to actually ban things like natural gas if you're building a new house. They pulled out of that. Now you can. Last month, the Boston Globe conducted a non-scientific reader poll on its website and found that about 75% of respondents supported Boston's decision to just allow people to install natural gas in their homes if they wanted to. And not just for their stoves. Uh, my house, my heating is natural gas. In 2024... Pay attention to building codes, says the story. Biden administration recently announced hundreds of millions of dollars to help local governments update their building codes, which is exactly what activists are using to try to ban natural gas without using the word ban. This is also an interesting space since the administration and many in the media insist the federal government is not trying to ban gas stoves, and yet here they are trying to do that. As of October 25th, half the country has adopted laws to protect against those Biden administration rules and regulations. About half of the states in the country have already written state laws saying, forget it, you can go ahead and write your federal rules, but we're not going to comply. Now, if you're wondering how the state does that, remember, you have to, to give you an extreme example, Colorado, for example, legalizes marijuana, but marijuana is illegal on a federal level. Well, Colorado is basically saying, screw you, we're going to make it legal here. There's many things that we can do locally. So when the federal government writes a rule, if enough states write counter rules, it doesn't mean a thing. And if a state like Boston, well, a, a city like Boston, but a state like Massachusetts decides, forget it, we're going to let people build houses any way they want, then what is the federal government to do? Because... Massachusetts is as liberal as it gets, and they want their gas stoves and gas heating. All right, coming up on some local business that we need to take care of. News time, right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Day weather is going to explain that weather forecast. You got a few more nice days left. That's the short story. You got a few more nice days left, and then we get into... Well, winter starts arriving. That doesn't necessarily mean a lot of snow, but it'll be explained at 745. Let's wake up, Wyoming. I'm covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Seven thirty-six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So I just got done talking about gas stoves. How there's been so far nationally a backlash against your government trying to ban gas stoves. And I know news media say no one's trying to ban your gas. Yes, they are. Yeah, that's the media lying to you again. Absolutely, they are. But there's been backlash across the country. About half the states so far, more will join, 
and uh, writing their own legislation so the federal government can't do any of this within their state. And if you wonder where this has come from, it's not from Congress. Well, when I say it's from the Biden administration, it's from the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy is writing law. And it's not like Congress is trying to stop them. It would take actually, uh, when President Trump got into office, he immediately stopped a lot of bureaucratic meddling, which really made the bureaucracy, I mean, just mad as hell. That a lot of things they were trying to get done, Trump just said, that's enough, stop. When Congress was run by the Republicans, Republicans could have stopped a lot of this nonsense, but of course, Republicans don't have backbone. So, But these are laws written by bureaucrats who are often, you know, extremists. They, extremists who couldn't get the job done by running some kind of uh, political action committee or protest group. So they got jobs within the bureaucracy in order to make the changes that they wanted to change. And they work a nine-to-five job just writing the next rule. Dedicated, reliable-ish, hardworking from 10 to 3, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They are the American bureaucrat because the engine that was America's progress and success was running a little too fast and efficient. Who knows where all of this innovation and success was going. So for the good of the nation, somebody needed to slow it down. It took a lot of paper to jam up those gears of progress, but no one knows paper like the bureaucrat. And America was too rich compared to the rest of the world. Can't have that. No one knows how to make your money disappear like the proud men and women of the American bureaucracy. So, America, take all your great ideas and big dreams and flush them. And if you find your dreams coming true, don't worry. The American bureaucracy has a ton of paperwork and a line for you to stand in. Bureaucracy, slowing progress and freedom for a more humble America. You know that bureaucrats actually have conventions? They, they do, and they take themselves to some of the nicest places on the taxpayer dime. But can you imagine being a bureaucrat and trying to uh, sign up for one of those conventions? It would be very bureaucratic. The following is a paid advertisement for the hardworking-ish bureaucrats of America. Are you a bureaucrat? We would like to invite you to register with the Hometown International Bureaucratic Information and Justification Institute for the Bureau of Internal Symposium, or heebie-jeebies for short. Heebie-jeebies invites you to this one or three-day symposium, depending if our three-day internal certification is renewed. We will have an exciting lineup planned. Health and Human Services Director Kathleen Sebelius, former IRS Manager Lois Lerner, and former Head of the EPA Lisa Jackson. Registration is easy. Ish. Just go to Hometown International Bureaucratic Information and Justification Institute for the Bureau of Internal Symposiums. Dot com and click register now. No, not now, but when you get there, click the word now. But 
Not yet. You'll be directed to a site requesting you to fill out a small 12-page application. This application gives you the ABGV's information and authorizes you to print off a short 37-page registration form. After the registration form is complete, please go back to the ABGV's website and follow the same steps two more times. Since registration and triplicate is required and copies will not be accepted, please fill out one with a number two pen, two with a ballpoint pen, and three with a crayon. Snail mail your application and registration along with your non-refundable check and money order. Each made out for $250 to ABGV. Credit cards are accepted, but please allow for additional 10 to 12 weeks for processing. You will then be promptly notified within 8 to 10 months if your non-refundable registration has been accepted. Don't delay. Get the heebie-jeebies today. But of course, you're not allowed to really criticize the bureaucracy. I mean, pff, who are you to do that? No. You're supposed to just do what you're told. That's according to the bureaucrats and the media. And if you do buck the system and turn and say, I'm not going to, oh my God, you're in, you're in trouble. Now, they don't write laws, they'll tell you. They write rules and regulations. But if you don't comply with the rules and regulations, what happens to you? Exactly. So that makes it a law, doesn't it? Now, my definition, I came up with this myself, very proud of it. My definition, what is a law? If I have to do it or else, or if I'm caught doing it and I'm punished, it's a law. And that's what bureaucrats write. All right, day weather coming up next. Weather forecast, a few more nice days before weather changes. Hang in there. I just saw a bumper sticker that said, I'm a veterinarian. I drive like an animal. And I thought there's an awful lot of proctologists on the road. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming, and off we go to talk to Don. What's old from day weather? So we start the year nice, right? Yeah. In fact, it's so busy this morning weather-wise. I'm staring down the throes of an empty coffee mug. It's, Don't you it's, see? It's, it's just okay, that busy. Just this that morning. busy. See, now I really had a, a tough time with poor Don Day. We went through the last batch of nice weather, which lasted for quite a while. He was obviously getting bored and frustrated. You know, and and that, so, yeah, that tends to happen a lot. Yeah, so. and then that paper chip, uh, paper clip chain just gets longer and longer. I bet you he can drop it out of the second story window to touch the ground by now. Okay. You could probably wrap it around the building too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So okay, now <laughs> that's the beginning of this week. But as we get into the weekend, though, now here comes some changes. We do have some changes on the way. We've got high pressure that's been in place since this weekend. It's still overhead. Uh, West central areas of the state around Riverton, uh, along I-80 through Rock Springs, and then around Jackson and Afton in the valleys. Got some morning fog going here this morning, but everyone else starting off with sunshine. Temps are a little chilly, but with that sunshine, we should get back to some warmer temps today and tomorrow. Then by Thursday and Friday, especially far western and southwestern areas, those will be the first spots to see a little light snowfall activity with southern areas getting some light snowfall. Most of the storm systems coming through will stay to the south, but it does signal some uh, changes that will be coming, especially through the weekend and next week. Okay, so people wondering where the cold is. Well, there's, there's the cold coming in. But now not just the cold. I know some snow comes into some parts of the country. What does that do for Wyoming when it finally gets here? It doesn't look like a lot. 
it's not a lot of snow uh, per se for each episode, but as we get into Sunday and Monday, there is some hint to that maybe if some of these storm systems take a more northerly track, could impact the mountains a little bit with some minor accumulating snows. And as far as the plains go, enough to say that, yes, we did get some, maybe put some slick spots on the roads and uh, reinforcing some of the cold temps that may be coming by Monday and Tuesday. Does it look like the highs and low pressures and everything else start to align so we finally get into the kind of winter that most people are used to? I would say, by like I said, by Monday and Tuesday, if it does set up kind of a longer scale cold pattern, uh, we, we're definitely going to feel more like January. Come Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're talking temps, maybe 20s, low 30s for highs, lows in the valleys. Uh, once again, dropping single digits and teens could spread to some of the open plates, too. Uh, until then, though, it's still going to be a couple days with some pretty nice temperatures. Yeah, so. see, because uh, YDOT hasn't closed I-80 nearly enough yet so far. So we've got some catching up to do. <laughs> well, you certainly hope that uh, we don't have those long stretches of closures either. So yeah. if we're, we're, we're in a good spot. Let's hope we can at least kind of keep it that way. All right. Thank you, Don Wansel. Don Wansel with Day Weather. And he's, I don't know about tomorrow, but he's filling in for Day Weather for today. Anyway, off we go to the fishbowl where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, um, Don, I, I don't really watch a lot of TV, but I was walking by a television yesterday, and they have that really idiotic show on the history channel ancient aliens right oh yeah they're yeah okay i just yeah. keep walking i just so stupid but so, then, so, so you're let me, let, me, let me back up here yeah you're walking down the block not the block no no okay i'm in a building oh you're and in a building ancient aliens is okay as long as you're not walking down the block and watching no, other people's no, 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 tv no, no, shows no. and they're watching yeah ancient like aliens. i'm standing there at their window breathing <laughs> heavily watching and they mention the tetons Oh, they did. Yes. So, wait, wait, wait. I back up. Ancient Aliens is talking about the Grand Tetons. Okay. Apparently, back in the 1930s, they claim, some guy was at the base of wherever in the Grand Tetons, and he found a cave entrance. And as he explored the cave, he was greeted by what appeared to be aliens. Oh. And they invited him in further for a tour. Oh. So, about... 2,000 feet into the mountains there, and he is in incredible cathedral-like rooms, and there's a strange disc that seems to be running everything. I mean, it really was a wild story, and I'm standing there in front of the television going, this is on Ancient Aliens. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know they had psych, you know, psych, I, I, psychedelic drugs in I, the 30s. I, Maybe apparently they did. they did, yeah. Now, that goes along with Evidence of aliens discovered in Grand Teton National Park. Now, in the story that I wrote up on Wake Up Wyoming, I have that video where this guy actually claims that if you go to some of the thermals, you know, the, the ones that people like to put their face in, right? Yeah. These, some of them are perfectly round, it looks like. Okay, there's actually a alien spacecraft submerged underwater. Oh! And that... The, uh, the heat of the alien spacecraft is what's causing all of the oh. bubbling and the water to be toxic. I I knew it. See, I knew that. Okay, yeah, which tells you why. Whenever I hear about ancient aliens on the television, I just keep walking. <laughs> you know, anytime I, any any alien over sixty years old is is ancient. 
That yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So I know a lot of. If that's the case, I know of a lot of ancient aliens yeah, out there. But pretty okay. much, yeah. At least they mentioned the Tetons. All right, there you go. College football from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys capped their season with a 16 to 15 win over the Toledo Rockets in the Arizona Bowl in Tucson, winning that deal on the last play of the game. Down two points late in the fourth quarter. The Pokes drove 87 yards on 12 plays. John Horland nailed a 24-yard field goal for the win. And he has endured a tough season, but finished the year a season in style with three field goals. Wyoming's offense did just enough to win the game. Their offensive line did kind of struggle there in the second and third quarters, but they hung in there. Cowboys did run for 170 yards, and quarterback Andrew Peasley was 20 of 25 for 168 yards, but was sacked three times, including a safety. Cowboy defense really did save the day. They allowed an 80-yard touchdown run, two field goals for Toledo, and that's it. And the Rockets had just 14 first downs. Head coach Craig Bowl rides off into the retirement sunset with a nine-win season. That was great to see. In the national semifinals in college football from yesterday, Michigan beat Alabama in overtime in the Rose Bowl 27-20, and Washington held off Texas 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl, so it's Michigan and Washington a week from today for the national championship. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos did beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday 16-9, but they were eliminated from the playoff chase as Kansas City won their game. Quarterback Jared Sidham was uh, functional for the Broncos, throwing for 224 yards in a TD, but really not much better than Russell Wilson, who was benched. Turned out that head coach Sean Payton was kind of trying to pulling a fast one there, saying the team needed an offensive spark, which is why Wilson was on the bench when, in fact, Wilson on the bench could save the team $37 million in 2025. Broncos will miss the playoffs yet again, and they haven't been there since 2015, and that says it all. Men's college basketball over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys were overwhelmed by BYU and Provo, 94-68. It's tough to win in Provo to begin with, and BYU was rated 12th in the country, and UW seems light years behind nationally, ranked cal- nationally rated caliber teams. Sam Griffin led the Pokes with 25 on 10 of 14 from the field. Mason Walters had a brutal day, going 4 of 17 for 12 points. BYU was 14 of 32 from the three-point line to get to 12 and 1. Cowboys fall to 7 and 6. They will host San Jose State tonight in Laramie to start Mountain West Conference play at 6.30. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team open Mountain West play on Saturday with a 61-47 victory over Boise State to get to 6 and 6 overall. McKinley Dickerson, the former McKinley Bradshaw from Lyman, had 16 points on 6 of 12 from the field. Boise State was an atrocious 1 of 17 from the three-point line as they fell the 9 and five. Cowgirls will be in Logan tomorrow to beat Utah State. Um, you, you ever see someone pull a prank and you think, why didn't I think of that? Yes. Okay. I'm looking at a picture here of a wheat field and someone went out there and stuck a bunch of shark fins out there mm-hmm. and then put up a sign, do not feed the sharks. Oh. See? <laughs> just, <laughs> well, don't go out there then. I, I, it was kind of scary Leave to me. Leave the yeah. wheat alone. Just as you're driving down the highway and you look over and you <laughs> yeah. see shark fins in the wheat field. <laughs> like, well, well, well. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. So I might just go to one of Wyoming's reservoirs, like Alcova or Glendo or someplace like that, and maybe just launch some shark fins out there to see what happens. Next summer, of course. Not right now. Coming up on... Some local business news time after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Just talk. Oh, 
six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I know this is not true with everybody, but for a lot of people, this is the first day back at work. Welcome back to work. So here we go with the whole new year now. Everything out of the way. Most of the holidays and all that kind of stuff behind us now. You're going to have to worry about that for a while. You need to get back into the groove of thing. And I suppose you've broken all of your New Year's resolutions by now. That's absolutely fine. Today's show is sponsored by Osculation Rejuvenation. For when the hits the fan. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Which means at this point in the program, which I do every day of the week, I don't just save open phones for Friday. It's every day of the week. So when we get to Friday, the whole day will be open phones. But at some point, I do the most dangerous thing that a radio host can do. You can just call in, change the subject if you want. That's absolutely fine by me. Trigger warning. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888 is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And don't forget that it's, a, well, available to you on the Wake Up Wednesday app. There's all sorts of people, Morning Steve, he's in Casper, most, all sorts of people send me notes while I'm on air. So you have your Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download at your app store. And when you open it up, you'll see a chat option. Just touch the chat option and send me a note. And I answer back. I, I type back. I talk back on the air. In fact, so you know, a lot of my commercial breaks are filled up. You're, you're listening to commercials. I'm sitting here typing away to people who have been sending me notes the entire time that I was on the air. Okay, now, as we're getting into the new year, I do want to take a look back. Normally, you know, people do end-of-the-year recaps right at the end of the last year, like last week I would have done this. But I came up, this one, I just wasn't able to get to anything. But I wanted to make sure to get to some of the climate hypocrites that were out there. I mean, big time for 2023 because they're going to be screaming louder than ever in 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, Greta Thunberg, you're in a nightclub. Dancing with your hands high up in the air with everybody else. Big screen TVs all around. And on those big screen TVs, the angry face of Greta Thunberg looking at everybody. How dare you? From Climate Depot, Mark Morano is this gentleman's name, and he puts together all sorts of climate reports. You can find his website, Climate Depot. He goes through some of the climate hypocrites of 2023, the big ones. King Charles flew to the COP28 UN Climate Summit in a private jet, and he just last year did the Terra Charter, which is the Earth Charter, which is going to give nature rights over humans. In other words, he's going to grant nature, trees, lakes, rivers, equal rights to humans. The UN COP28, the climate summit itself, was the largest carbon footprint in the history of climate summits. This one had almost uh, over 100,000 participants, filled the runways with private jets. 
jets. The UK had three different high government officials arrive in three separate private jets. Well, CNN was telling us we needed carbon passports to travel, us, the unwashed masses. The UN climate, and they were restricting our meat, as John Kerry announced, he wants to go after agriculture. They were serving Wagyu beef, Philly cheese steaks. <laughs> they had lavish restaurants serving. There were no insects on the menu, and there was no Bill Gates lab-grown meat either. Bill Gates has literally been the world's largest carbon footprint. He's pushed for longer lockdowns the same weeks he's been for COVID, the same weeks he was pushing for bidding on the world's largest private jet transport company. And Bill Gates has a $33 million oceanfront home, and he's got a $30,000 a month electricity bill. Again, this guy has no business lecturing anyone on climate change, which leads us to the winner here. The winner is John Kerry. Gets this award easily. John Kerry gets it because he stood before Congress at a hearing and was grilled by congressmen where he repeatedly said, I don't own a private jet. I've never owned a private jet. And it wasn't until about 45 minutes later that a congressman grilled him and said, well, wait a minute, your wife owned private jets for decades. And John Kerry was forced to say, oh, oh yes, uh, my wife owns one. And uh, yes, I've flown in her private jets. I don't know if that's not lying to Congress. I'm not sure what is. So John Kerry gets the award. Abigail Disney, the Disney Harris. We've got to give her props. She has come out and stopped flying private jets. She's one of the wealthiest heiresses in the world to the Disney fortune. She now wants to ban private jets for the 1% wealthiest people in the world. And I say she's got it right. We need to support Abigail Disney, the Disney Harris, because any of these climate rules they come up with should apply to the John Kerry's and the Bill Gates and the King Charles first. Let's experiment with how they can do bans on travel, bans on meat eating, insect eating, and only then could we consider the rest of us. So I agree wholeheartedly with that last one there. Uh, here's a, well, I, I had heard about her before, but imagine as heiress to Disney how much money she's worth. I don't know, really, that's got to be huge. And yeah, she was living in big mansions and flying in private jets. And so I don't know if she's given up the big mansions yet. But she wants to actually practice what she preaches. She believes the whole cult of climate change thing. And so she wants to practice what she's preached over all these years. And so she starts by giving up her corporate jets because she says she's opposed to them. So then quit flying them. Good first step there. Now, what else are you doing there? Are you getting into a smaller house instead of multiple big mega mansions? Are you finally driving something that will actually do good for the planet instead of the big SUVs and limousines you've been riding around in? That's what I'm for. And while we're at it, let's go ahead and uh, get her on a all-bug diet or something like that. I mean, let's go ahead and get her on some kind of a diet where she's not eating. But, you know, it's got to be what the word, the big buzzword that has been for quite a, a long time is sustainable. And so what is actually sustainable? What does she believe that she has to eat in order to save the planet? Does she become completely vegan or does she believe in the whole bug diet thing? Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a red burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. Oh, wait, what the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You 
crushed. You have to do it while there's still larvae or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. What the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggleburgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larvae. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larva? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. Oh, but the rest of us better, or else... Damn straight. Do you know why they put bills on cows? Because their horns don't work. Honestly, he's just happy to be here. Catch Glenn Woods on Wake Up Wyoming. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Hey, 20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, phone number to get involved. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. I've covered a lot of territory this morning. Now, I just dove into the cult of climate change thing couple of things I want to talk about, and I've been thinking about I said I was going to write an article about this for the Wake Up Wyoming site. I mean, thinking about it a bit, and here's some more than I could add to it. So your governor and the Wyoming Energy Alliance and all that, they're pushing the idea of, well, to energy, we have to have an all-of-the-above approach. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, no, we don't. We need to have an approach to energy in a state like Wyoming that's just strictly free market. Let those who produce energy, they should be private companies, okay, outside of the government, private industry, and they will pick what system works well. Do not overly regulate them. They just need to be good at what they do. We don't want to be ripped off on the one hand, okay, so fair prices, etc. But also, let's make sure that they do... a. a a clean job. I mean, CO2 is not a pollutant, obviously, but we do want to make sure we have clean air and clean water, and, you know, but not so much regulation that they can't do business. Now, if they, in Wyoming, if these energy companies end up using all natural gas and coal and they're not going for wind and solar, well, then that's because the market isn't working for wind and solar. That's why I'm opposed to the all of the above approach because the wind and solar companies compete in our marketplace unfairly with heavy subsidies. And a lot of government regulations that punish coal and natural gas, but give all sorts of breaks to wind and solar that coal and natural gas will never have. Now, on that story, let, let's go over real quick to Germany. Because for many years, when it came to going wind and solar, my opposition was strictly on, look at the mess that Europe is making of itself. Now I can say, look at the mess California is making up itself, and even Texas, for that matter. But let's look at this. Story in front of me says, the policies, worst ever, economic minister Robert Hebig, Green Party, leading the German economy to disaster. 
wasn't long ago. The story says when interest rates and inflation were low, the economy and business was all good. Everything is booming. But now, quote, the outlook for, well, they're calling it renewable energies. Wind and solar, they're not renewable, but all right. Uh, has deteriorated drastically. And the affordable raw materials have become hard to get. The wind and solar energy sector is facing an abyss. It's on the brink. S&P Global Clean Energy Index, and again, this energy that we're talking, wind and solar, is not clean either, which, which both monitors the performance of the sector, has fallen by 32% in the past 12 months. So in 2023, it fell 32%. While the goal stock markets uh, may have risen a bit, but that's not what was happening in the sector. doesn't reflect what was actually happening in the energy sector. Those losers on the stock market not only affected the companies themselves, but also many investors and shareholders who got involved in wind and solar and have lost a bunch of money. They're also reporting the German economy in general, the biggest in Europe, is crumbling at its foundation. And in part because they've invested so much in an energy system that is not only not affordable, but not reliable. And here's that word again, not sustainable. Now, then there's this one. Now, see, we need to take a look at stories like this and realize if we bring this to where we are, and we are bringing this to where we are, this is what happens to us. Same thing. Same thing that's also happening in California and other states that are trying to go all wind and solar. Colorado. The story headline, cheap renewables with a question mark. British issued a, a one company. Ofgen, O-F-G-E-N, offered a 48-hour price hike warning. Story says the British government could bring rapid energy price relief by issuing permits to UK-based fracking company so they can go ahead and get some natural gas, get some coal to, you know, start their coal plants back up. But no. This energy company has issued an urgent 48-hour warning to submit meter readings ahead of a big increase in the average home bill per month. The increase, uh, well, and there's supposed to be a price cap for all of this, but they're raising wholesale prices, which is driven up because of the instability of global energy markets, particularly, well, war in Ukraine has something to do with it, but the price cap might just be busted. Britain is sitting on a lake of natural gas, just so you know, about 6.5 billion cubic feet under Lancashire alone. And yet they're not wanting to use this, to want to keep that in the ground. And they won't go for it. They won't, yeah, they're not even trying. Now, if that's the case, then what's happening to energy in the area? Prices are going up. Why? Because they keep pushing more on wind and solar. And how's that been working for them? Not well, especially because in the wintertime, it starts getting really cold and people start going to their old-fashioned furnaces, which run on coal and in some cases oil. But people want to keep warm at home, so they're doing whatever they can to keep warm. And again, wind and solar is not provided. Now, these are the warnings that I toss out because for years I've been saying, look what's happening to Europe. And I'm still saying that. You hear me saying it right now. Look at what's happening to Europe. As we bring this to America, look what's happening here. 
Even our own energy prices here in Wyoming continue to go up. And they tell us it's not because of wind and solar. In part, it is. Actually, in part, it is. It, we could have much cheaper energy if we got the feds for one off our back. Quit the nonsense of carbon sequestration. Get rid of that. Get rid of a lot of government regulations. And if companies think that wind and solar are viable, let them build it on their own. No subsidies. But because they actually think it's a viable source of energy that will provide cheap, reliable energy to the customers out there. But they're not doing that. And so at some point, we have to see the lesson being learned in, in Europe. Again, I keep pointing to California and other states as well that are having problems. And yet, for some reason, we're not learning this lesson. And I wonder sometimes if people like, uh, well, not just our own Governor Gordon and other people are saying, we got to do an all of the above approach. If they're act Do they ever watch to see what's happening in the rest of the world? I know they love to point to, look at all the European countries out there putting up wind and solar, right? Now look at the result of that. You can marvel that they're putting up all sorts of wind and solar, but what's the result of that? Soaring energy prices and unreliable energy has been the result of that. So it's not uh, the panacea that they were hoping for. It's not achieving any of the goals that they set out. But for some reason, like with so many other things in the news, there seems to be a, a blackout about the negative result of when it comes to wind and solar. It's supposed to all just be rainbows and unicorns is what they say. But obviously it's not rainbows and unicorn. As again, reliability decreases and prices still going up. And we still see that even in your, if you're with me in Wyoming, even in our own state, you're seeing that. You in Colorado are seeing that. Surrounding regions as well. All you had to do was look at, just go look at what's happening in Europe. You already know what's happening in California. Texas is having a problem. Other states as well. Time we start learning these lessons. It really is time we start learning these lessons. That article I said I was going to write about, I'm not in favor. I'm working on it, just thinking about it to make it a good one, but why I'm not in favor of the all of the above approach that our governor wants to push us toward. I'll put together something really good, make sure it's a, an article that can get a lot of circulation to all of the right people to maybe, maybe, maybe a few people will change their minds about this. Coming up on 8.30, local news, weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. It's happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 836 of time. Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, so 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. I got this story here. It's posted on the website for Wyoming Public Media, but it gets shared among all the other public media websites. The story actually came out of Boise, Idaho. Headline, New Crew Seeks to Improve Gender Imbalance Among Wildland Wildfires. Really? Hang on. Oh, I want to get all over that. Greg is in Laramie. Hello, Greg. 
Hey, Glenn, how you doing in this it's new year? Very good. I feel like uh, I am fresh and renewed. That's absolute crap. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about bribery since uh, yeah. it, there's a lot of nuance to it. So, um, you know, the Supreme Court basically allows that campaigns can, as long as you don't connect the quid, yeah. the money, to the pro quo, right. you can get away with it. Uh-huh. So if you're Clarence Thomas, you know, Supreme Court, you can take all kinds of stuff as long as you can't tie his the uh, same way with Sam Bankman fried mm-hmm. or Donald Trump. Yeah. They won't go after them. Right. Now, if you're Senator Bob Goldbars Menendez, yep. they can actually tie getting the gold bars to doing something for Egypt, then that can be prosecuted. So you got to be really dumb to get prosecuted in Washington, D.C. And you would think with so, all of the really dumb people in Washington, D.C., it would happen more often. Well, I don't know why Bob... No, well, that's true. Uh, well, apparently Bob's um, Bob's wife might have driven down that... Driven oh, him off yeah. Campus, yeah, so. okay. All right. <laughs> so yeah. it takes a team sometimes to be, to be an absolute um, terrible senator. I just don't know. I don't understand Bob. Uh-huh. He should have had the Egyptians give him a bunch of, you know, money or buy him a motorhome or something. Uh, for, for doing uh, for doing quid pro quo. So, so here's where uh, I'm at. I don't mind people investing money and doing uh, wise things with their money and so on. But it ought to right away be a massive red flag. When you take a look at, let's say, how much a member of Congress gets paid, and a lot of people think, wow, they get paid a lot. Well, when you have to keep a home in your home state, plus you have to keep a place in DC and you got a family and all of that it's not that much really so they they get a you know a good pay a good decent pay yet somehow when they retire they're all multi millionaires i mean tens of millions of dollars at least well how the hell did that happen and so that right away ought to be massive red flags for all of us well glenn i have gone down this path and i've actually called congress because what you don't recognize is, is while they say they, they're supposed to, you know, tell where their income comes from, uh-huh. there's a lot of things that were exempt. So let's say employee stock ownership plan, right. which may have given you millions in shares. Those were kind of exempt, and they have a statute of limitations on reporting mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, you know, you can end up with a lot of money bribery. I would call it bribery, uh-huh. but you can't connect it. Um, through corporations. Uh, corporations Let's think for a moment here now. Uh, Who wrote those rules? Well, the mice are in charge of the cheese. (laughs) Exactly right. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) I I get to recognize that when I became a bartender. Yeah, right. Terrible, terrible food. Well, once you became a bartender, you were the mouse in charge of the cheese. Yes, exactly so, right. Yeah. Um, yes. Again, Congress is, you know, they've corrupt. And you marry, you know, you can marry somebody and they can get millions uh-huh. um, in, in other ways. And you say, hey, hey it's, it's my wife, just like John Kerry. Hey, mm-hmm. it's, it's my wife's plane. Right, so, yeah. So I've had my coffee. Okay. And, uh, you sound it. Traveling down Sounds the road. Good. Okay. Drive careful, man. You have a great year. All right. You can do it. He just did. He changed the subject on me. 888 woods the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. To his point, though, on what we were just talking about. So it's very difficult to actually catch a member of Congress 
bribery, influence, peddling, and so on because of the way the rules are set up. Now, who set the rules up? Yeah, Congress set the rules up to make it very difficult for us to get the people who are there. So there ought to be massive red flags. I mean, again, somebody's a member of Congress. You take a look at how much they get paid. You might think, wow, it's a lot of money. Not really when you consider where they have to live, the two places, they have families and everything. And so it just doesn't work out to as much as you might think. However, they still will retire with tens of millions of dollars in their pocket. What happened there? Exactly. What I would do, if I could wave my magic wand and make Congress the way I wanted it. So just like here in Wyoming, our House and Senate officially, because they have all sorts of meetings throughout the year, to set up the beginning of the legislative session, which is about to begin, by the way, in Wyoming. It's not too far off. But other than that, Congress would not get paid a wage, first off. They would get a little stipend to go to Washington, D.C. to pay for some things like food and fuel and stuff like that, right? They wouldn't get a lot of money, just enough to cover expenses. And like here in Wyoming, they would only meet once a year for a very short period of time. If I could do it my way, we would not have a full-time Congress. Congress would meet once a year for a very short period of time, and they're done. And that would certainly help. I mean, it would really help if you think about it. How much would they not get done? Because I hear this all the time from news organizations. Well, it's the end of the last Congress session of the year. And, boy, talk about a do-nothing Congress. They didn't get a whole lot done. I'm glad they didn't get a whole lot done. Good, because when they get a lot of stuff done, it mostly does damage to us. There are a few things that Congress does here and there which is worth it. But a lot of it, just enough already. The less they meet and the less they get done, the better for us. And if they don't make a living at it, good. So in other words, just like here in Wyoming, a member of Congress would have to have a full-time job. So, yeah, they would. many people in the Wyoming House and Senate own their own business, run their own business. Not all of them, but many of them do. But, you know, they, they tend to do well financially. Uh, they're not necessarily rich, but they do okay, right? Enough so when they do take some time off and head down to the Wyoming legislative session, and again, there are meetings before the legislative session. These are very politically active people. They get just enough money to cover costs, and that's it. They're not making money off of it. And then we limit the amount of time that they're actually allowed to meet because of that. Wyoming, even though we've struggled with it in the past, we still have, compared to other states, a much smaller government that does a whole lot less. In fact, I love to see we're coming up again on a, our next legislative session here in Wyoming. And what you're going to see is like they do in every session. All sorts of bills are going to get thrown in there. People are going to try to pass all sorts of bills. And you're going to hear about some really outrageously stupid bills that people are going to try to get passed. Happens every single year. And most of this stuff never sees the light of day, never even gets into a committee. If it does get into a committee, it'll probably never get through the committee. This happens every single year. And that process in Wyoming is set up that way for a reason. We don't want most of those bills getting through. I know some people really complain, but we have to get this done. No, we don't, actually. The smaller our government is, the better it is. Now, despite all of that, We've still in the past had a problem with Wyoming government growing, growing, growing and getting out of control. 
still there's a problem with it. Hello, Annie and Casey. Can you give a shout-out for the artistic outlaw art? Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, and YouTube. I'm an artist in KC, trying to get my name in, out to others. Oh, really? Wyoming born and bred, and I, could, I couldn't be proud of it. Well, good. I'd like to see some of what you do. Hey, Ann, are you following me on Facebook? You can find me on Facebook, Glenn Woods. And uh, go ahead and send me some of your work there. Glenn was with two ones. Here's David in Texas. And they live in dorms. I've actually said that before, David. I would have Congress living in dorms instead of making enough money to afford their own apartment. And if Congress complains, what do you mean we have to live in a dorm room? Well, yeah, the job kind of sucks. That's the point. 845, wake up. He's talking to himself in a padded room. And you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. Eight forty-nine is the time. Wake Up Wyoming, off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, uh, Frank, I decided to be helpful to people, okay? Why? Yeah. I know. But uh, in this case, I published a guide. I actually did this a few years ago. I republished it every year at this time on how to completely destroy your New Year's resolutions for those people who are worried about how to ruin your New Year's. Like, for example, uh, when you hear someone say, I want to go to the gym and get back in shape. You never were in shape. No, 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 no. You you know what? You should have said, I should have thought about that 25 pounds ago. Yes. Probably, yeah. And and there's part of the thing right there. Okay. So I would say, you know, you want to go ahead and lose weight. You want to watch your eating. I agree with that. But before you can do that, Frank, you're going to have to clean all of that food out of the cabinets in the refrigerator. Oh, I, 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 I you know what? I did mm-hmm. that yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Just I mean, sit, yeah, just park yourself, just pull up a chair to the refrigerator and have at it. There was a ketchup that was four years old. Sheesh. How did it taste? Well, I, I, I don't know what what the expiration date of ketchup oh, okay. is. I, I chucked it anyway. Oh, well, okay. Matter, matter of fact, it wasn't even open. Uh, let me see. You're going to go to the gym about five days a week minimum. Right. Uh, and even on those weeks, you can't show up all five days. So, uh, let's see. We'll take three days out of the week, two minimum. But then you got busy one of those days. So why don't we do this like three, instead of three or four days out of the week, we'll do it like three or four days, uh, months out of the year. So so now they're down to one day a week Uh, for an hour. And then, you know, I showed up to the gym this month. That's enough. I I drive by the gym every day. Yes. College football from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys capped their season with a 16-15 win over the Toledo Rockets in the Arizona Bowl on Saturday in Tucson, winning that deal on the last play of the game. Down a couple of points in the fourth quarter, the Pokes drove 87 yards on 12 plays with John Hoyland nailing a 24-yard field goal for the win to end it. Hoyland, who has endured a tough year, finished the season in style with three field goals. Wyoming offense did just enough to win the game as their offensive line kind of struggled there in the second and third quarters. Cowboys did run the ball for 170 yards, and quarterback Andrew Peasley was 20 of 25 for 168 yards, but he was sacked three times, including a safety. Cowboy defense really did save the day. They did allow an 80-yard touchdown run and two field goals, but that's it. Toledo had just four had just 14 first downs in the contest, and head coach Craig Bull rides off into the retirement center 
Sunset with a nine-win season. That was great to see. National semifinals in college football. Michigan beat Alabama in overtime in the Rose Bowl 27-20 in a great game. Another great game saw Washington hold off Texas 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl. So Michigan and Washington a week from today for the national championship. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos did to beat the L.A. Chargers on Sunday 16-9, but they were eliminated from the playoff chase after Kansas City won their game on Sunday. Quarterback Jared Siddham was functional, throwing for 224 yards in a TD, but that's not much better than Russell Wilson can do, and he was benched. Turns out that Coach Sean Payton was trying to pull a fast one by saying that the team needed an offensive spark, so we need to put Wilson on the bench, when in fact he sat Wilson so the team can save $37 million in 2025. Broncos will miss the playoffs yet again. They haven't been there since 2015, and that says it all. Men's College Hoops from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys drilled by BYU and Provo 94-68. It's tough to win in Provo to begin with, and BYU is rated 12th in the country, and UW is not quite ready for nationally ranked caliber teams like that. Sam Griffin led the post with 25 on 10 of 14 from the floor. Mason Walters with a brutal day, went 4 of 17 for 12 points. BYU hit 14 threes in the game, so they're 12 and 1. Cowboys are 7 and 6. They will host San Jose State tonight in Laramie to start Mountain West Conference play at 6.30. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will open up Mountain West, Con- open Mountain West-, Mountain West Conference play on Saturday with the 61-47 victory over Boise State. So they're 6-6 six six overall. McKinley Dickerson, the former McKinley Bradshaw from Lyman, had 16 points on 6-12 of 12 in the field. Boise State was awful from the three-point line, going 1-17, of 17, so they're 9-5. Cowgirls will be in Logan tomorrow to take on Utah State. Okay, so we switch up coaches for UW, yeah. but then the question is, are some players leaving us? We get There's a players. couple of guys that are going okay. to uh, that have already opted out for the transfer portal and a couple of guys that are going to try for the NFL draft. Oh, okay. So, so we're going to get some new guys Yeah, in there. not many. Not, not oh, as many oh, as good, Florida good, State. Good. He had okay. 20 guys not playing their bowl game. 20. Okay. Just trying to take a look at what we have to work with next time around. I, I think the cupboard is not bare. Okay, not bare. That's a good way to put it. Thank you. Coming up on some local business. News time, weather forecast, open phones, Let's wake up my own. Just on. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday, not a Monday, but for a lot of people, not everybody, for a lot of people, first work day of the year. So welcome to it. As we get back into the groove again, so 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Today's show is sponsored by Osculation Rejuvenation for when the hits the fan. Uh, you have to look that up yourself if you don't know what that is. So, all right, again, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. Some things I wanted to get out of the way today. This ought to be interesting. One, I came across a story, which is uh, public radio. So Wyoming Public Media picked it up because it's a Western story. It was actually put out by Boise State Public News. It says, new crews seek to improve gender imbalance among wildland firefighters. Really? Okay, here's my thought. Before I get into this, we'll see what they have to say here, to be fair about it. My thought is, um, 
when there's a job opening for a, a firefighter, and we're talking firefighters way out there in the wilderness somewhere, who shows up for the job? Okay, well, if it's primarily men, then there's the reason for your imbalance. All right, so story says wildland firefighting heavily male-dominated field. Again, makes sense. And federal agencies acknowledge there's an imbalance. See, they act as if, well, if it's majority male, then there's got to be something wrong, right? The numbers are striking, the story says. Physical year 2021, 84% of federal firefighters were men. Lacking diversity has been identified as part of wildland firefighters' larger recruitment and retention according to a 2022 Government Accountability Office. See, they're not worried about who's going to show up to apply for the job. That's not their concern. It's a matter of, well, it needs to be equal, right? Here's a quote. The homogenous makeup of firefighting workforce along with the nature of the work has sometimes made it difficult for women and underrepresented racial and ethnic groups to feel accepted as part of the workforce. Again, nonsense. Anybody who wants to be a firefighter shows up for the job, and if they qualify for it, they can have the job. It's that simple. Okay. South Carolina-based Table Rock Fire Crew, collaboration between U.S. Forest Service and Student Conservation Association, is one effort to address the problem. It's not a problem. So, one, Liz Skelly will be acting captain for the upcoming season. She's heard encouraging, uh, heard encouraging things from women this year. And they, again, they try to make it uh, a big deal. But, quote, anybody who can't do this work shouldn't be in this work, she said, adding that giving women a positive experience out there uh, you know, needs to be part of it. But here again, I agree, though. You have to be able to do the work. But you also have to want to do the work. You actually have to want to be out there. To apply for the job in the first place. So the idea that, well, something's wrong because this workforce, you know, there are workforces out there that are primarily female dominated. There are certain jobs very few men show up for and mostly women show up for those jobs. Do we then need to go out and encourage more men to take the jobs? How about those people most interested? And if it does if it does split up into race and gender, in fact, as I'm saying this, I'm reminded back in high school, it was the first day of class in a new semester. And I walked into the classroom and I just saw a seat and I sat down. And as I sat down, someone from the other, the classroom was sort of split. Someone from the other side of the classroom, one of my friends went, Psst, Glenn, I think you're on the girl's side. And I looked around. Now, I just saw an empty seat, so I sat down. But I noticed that the classroom had just split itself into male and female sides. All the girls sat on one side and all the guys sat on the other. The teacher hadn't said anything. We just did. And I just sat in the first available seat I saw. So, oh, uh, I get, okay. So I got up and I walked over to where all the guys were and sat down with them. Then the teacher walked into the classroom to start the class at the beginning of the semester. And she was a little taken back. Why did you guys separate yourself by boy-girl right down the middle of the classroom? And we all looked around and went, oh. But that's just the way everybody sat. All the girls took one side, all the guys took the other. We were split directly down the middle. 
Uh, oh, interesting how that works out that way sometimes. On the other hand, let, let, let me add something to this, because you've heard the false story over and over again about how women earn less than men in the workplace. And again, that's false. But if we're going to do that, then we need to take a look at how women are underrepresented when it comes to dangerous jobs. Everyone's heard about the gender wage gap, but there's another gap between men and women that's even larger and potentially more troubling. It's called the gender occupational fatality gap. 93% of workplace fatalities are men. The so-called most dangerous professions, logging, fishing, toxic waste cleanup, all dominated by men. Some might say that the gender death gap exists because women are less interested in high-risk jobs. But is that really the case? Or are those jobs high risk because all these clumsy men keep dying? Would female roofers die at a staggering rate of 600 plus a year? Or are women better equipped to fight the urge to toss around a hammer because they miss playing quarterback in high school? Perhaps a lady trucker on the road would mean fewer accidents. Perhaps Siegfried and Roy would still be in business if they weren't two German guys, but instead a duo of nurturing cat ladies from Wisconsin. I'm sorry, but it seems like everything men touch becomes high risk. Roofers, steel workers, these men are dying to preserve the patriarchy. They need our help. It's time for women to enter the so-called dangerous professions and save the day. Mine shafts are filled with nothing but men. Accident-prone, neglectful men who die on the job like it's their job. But it's an easy fix. Let's get some ladies down there who will actually listen to the canary in the coal mine instead of trying to eat it like some barbarian. The success of Wonder Woman should serve as an inspiration, specifically for more women to fight crime and to do crime. Both sides underrepresented. Plus, with more women entering male-dominated fields, opportunities will open up for men to try once female-dominated lower-risk jobs. Guys, ever thought about customer service or childcare or office work? Just try not to electrocute yourself photocopying your butthole. Women have put in a lot of work to make these jobs low risk. Now it's time for us to do the same for the deadliest ones. Let's show men that we can do exactly what they do, but also die far less. I'll start. Today is my last day as an actress. And my first night shift as a truck stop gas station attendant on a deserted stretch of highway. This job feels safer already. Woo. Okay, Are you ready to join so, me, ladies? Um, <laughs> couple of things. Hey, Warren, see, Warren calls in to talk about Colorado firefighters, but then Miss Mary sends me a note, but he didn't want to talk to you. So you want to go call in and talk to Miss Mary, but you don't want to talk to me, Warren? Is that what that is? Then R.H. in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn. Uh, should we be worried also about diversity in dog breeds among police canine units? See, that's a great point. He wants to know where are the chichillas and the labradoodles. You know, so I, I seriously. Oh, Rhiannon for danger. Please tell me this is the bee, Glenn. No, that story was real. There needs to be more women firefighters out there in the field fighting fire or forest fires. Well, if they were to show up, PJ and Casper, Glenn. I would like you to get uh, Brazo and Lummis on to see what they say about the energy ad that has been running with their names attached to it. I, I'll i go ahead and see if I can. Four simple steps to being an adult. Pay your bills, 
Because if you got it, you probably needed it. So if you don't pay it, you're gonna lose it. Let's pay your bills. Only keep a few close friends. Most are after to get what they need out of you. And once they do, they're gone. Always wear deodorant. You don't want to be the stinky guy or stinky girl in the elevator. Don't smoke meth. You follow all these, you'll do just fine. Hard work, work. Hard work. That's what they say. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Yeah, see, Warren called the program and told Ms. Mary, no, but I don't want to talk to him. He just wanted to deliver a message, but he didn't want to talk to me. Brent, on the other hand, in Thermopolis, has been waiting on hold to talk to me. How about that, Warren? Hello, Brent. Hello. Uh, just a subject you've been on and off for uh, quite a while. Yeah. Was illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's organizations that are feeding these people when they come across Mexico, clothing right. them. And facilitating their travel. Right. Why should it be automatically, once they get across the border, why should it be the problem for U.S. taxpayers? Why not? These, why don't these organizations pay for them? Right. No, I absolutely and agree what, with that. Yeah. And the people that are funding these organizations, whether it be George Soros, Bill Gates, whoever, they should be held responsible, too. Sure. Absolutely. I've often thought there's a couple of things about illegal immigration, because as far as I'm concerned, walls don't work. And I can tell you about someone who I know who has to go down from time to time and try to play border security as one of our agents down there. And so I was told by this person that the wall that part of the wall that Trump put up, oh, they just went ahead and cut through and made a big hole and just come right through the hole. So, you know, walls, walls don't work. What you need to do is take away the incentive in two ways. One of them is what's going on in their home country that makes them want to leave? That's something that needs to be fixed in their home country and not by us, by their home country. The other thing is if they do come here illegally, one of the best ways to prevent that from happening is to make sure that when they get here, they don't have anything. If you want to come here legally, fine. But if you come here illegally, you're not going to get anything. At uh, one time, someone that came into this country had to have a sponsor, had to speak English, had to take a citizenship test, and <laughs> it seems like they're just handing everything out. Yeah, they are, yeah. And the more illegally you come here, the harder, the easier it is. That When you try to do it through the proper channels, they make it very difficult. So where's the incentive then? Yeah, well, I, I guess I got it off my chest. So. All right. That, Thank no, you for listening. That, Brent, the show <laughs> is therapy, so I'm glad you had a chance to vent. Well, sometimes it helps to blow off steam. It certainly <laughs> does. Yeah, thank you, Brent. See, that is why I'm the nicest guy you'll ever meet in person. I sit here four hours a day, five days a week, and I just blow off steam. So when you meet me in person, I am just so chill and mellow. It's so easy. All right. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Either way, it's fine by me. Get a load of this story. I came across Motor Trend Magazine online, and they just wrote this back in December 22nd, so not long ago. Our last Ford F-150 Lightning electric vehicle pickup and road trip, the pickup truck for the road trip, was an absolute nightmare, they say. That's not bad. I mean, that's really bad if Road & Track magazine is saying, we drove this truck and it was a nightmare. 
The author said, I learned quite a few things driving Motor Trend owned 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning uh, with an extended pickup range, they said. For starters, ABCs, always be charging. If there's a nearby plug, our Lightning is hooked up. Can't waste any downtime. Lesson two, as my colleagues say, running our uh, 2023 F-150 Lightning XLT to Detroit, they've learned. Speed matters. 70 miles an hour is frustratingly a low sweet spot between maximum speed and range. And lastly, the 20 minutes or so spent route planning looking for places to charge is always a problem. And when they do get somewhere, that doesn't mean that the chargers necessarily work, despite Expecting afternoon traffic, the trip started innocently enough, comfortable with a 93% charge and 287 miles of range. He writes, I tapped our uh, destination into the navigation and onboard route planner, and it spit back an expecting route of up to one to five with just two two charging stops uh, and 45 minutes to charge in each stop. Uh, and he talks about where he's going near Sacramento and so on. This ambition, this was ambitious given our lightning had crested 200 miles a charge exactly twice at this point. We managed just uh, 240 on our official road trip, but the family, you know, it, it didn't work well after that. Ford touts its third-party owned operational blue oval charging network north america's larging largest charging network and route planner that didn't work out well for them either and again you don't want to go much over 70 miles an hour because then you really start just like if you try to haul something which is the point of a pickup truck to either haul something or tow something you try to do that forget your range you get over to 70 miles an hour forget your range he writes things were looking promising schedule wise uh, but we seriously considered stopping at any station to charge. However, uh, he said we pull off uh, I-5 with 37 miles of range, 14% charge, navigated through uh, 98 Tesla supercharged stalls, uh, through holiday shopping crowds and so on, desperately trying to get to the charger before the whole thing died on them. But let's go back, and then he talks about how, how long it changes to, you know, long it, it was to charge the damn thing, and if the charging station even worked in the first place when they got there. So, but again, it really goes back to if you want to do some kind of a long trip, you better keep it at 70 miles an hour or below, according to this, and you better not be hauling anything or towing anything, because there goes your range after that. He said the whole thing, this is... Motor Track Magazine saying the whole thing was just a nightmare. Oh, by the way, Cowboy State Daily, I might touch on this next after the news and information break. The largest electric vehicle charging station in the world, powered by diesel power generators. And they have a picture of it here. So once again, you know, you're driving a zero emissions vehicle? Are you? You really you think you're driving a zero emissions vehicle and you're convinced that wind and solar are going to take over and so it will be zero emissions because everything's going to be wind and solar. Really? We'll take a look at that. I got local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast and you and I get back into it again. Or you could just interrupt me 
with some other topic. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven. W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So, okay, a couple of people here. Chet and Yoder said, and for you just joining me, uh, Motor Trend Magazine wrote just a scathing review last month of the F-150 Lightning from Ford, and they were just trying to drive across country, and they noticed a lot of problems. The two big ones that I saw, there's a lot of problems, but the two big ones was uh, really don't want to go over 70 miles an hour. There goes your range, and if you're trying to haul something in the bed, which is the point of a pickup, or tow something, there goes your range. There were other problems, too. The whole article is, again, Motor Trend Magazine from last month. And describing everything. Now, Chet Yoda said, someone is driving a Tesla from Chicago to New York City. They will be reporting along the way. I'm going to see how it goes. Good. I'd like to know. Also, RH in Wiggins, Colorado. I think this is a good point, RH. Because, yeah, I don't mind people trying to develop new technology. But here it comes. Don't get the government involved in it with subsidies. There's always problems with this especially when it starts to fail. They just keep dumping more subsidies into a failure. All sorts of companies will try new products, and if the product fails, then they just quit making it. Not your government, though. The more it fails, the more money they put into it. So anyway, RH in Colorado says, uh, my pickups are 20 years old, and I would drive either one of them across the USA tomorrow without concern, even pulling a trailer. They can sit for weeks, months, in below zero weather without being driven. I go out and start them up, and fuel tank is still full. Start up and go where I need to go. Haul when I need to haul. So there goes that reliability thing once again. Yet they're still trying to talk into driving these things. Now, again, Cowboy State Daily. The Harris Ranch Tesla supercharge station is an impressive beast, it says. 98 charging bays. This is in California. One facility that has 98 charging stations all rode up. The largest charging station for electric vehicles on the planet. So, quote, over time, uh, the CEO said that all of the superchargers in the automaker world were being converted to solar, he says, which I doubt. But right now, the entire station is being run on diesel. Supercharging vehicles up to about 80% of the sweet spot takes about uh, 20 minutes or more, depending on what you pay for as far as what kind of charger you want. So investigative journalists discovered the station was powered by diesel generators hidden behind a small shell station. Reporters tried to find out how much the station's electricity was from those generators. Couldn't get a response from Tesla right away. 
the station isn't connected to any solar farms like they said it was going to be. So the promise was this is the largest electric charging station on the planet for electric vehicles. And we're going to have a nice solar farm out behind it, and that's going to collect the energy to charge the vehicle. So you see, zero emissions. Yet, back behind where you can't see is a massive diesel generating system, which actually runs the chargers. Energy analyst Dave Blackman, author of Energy Transition Absurdities. Ooh, I got to click on that and go read it told Cowboy State Daily that the use of diesel power generators is not limited to the Harris Ranch Station. He used to stop at a Whole Foods in Houston. The company had installed a charging station in front of the store. Well, you figure it's a Whole Foods. So, you know, somebody's going to pull up an electric vehicle. Makes sense, right? He said it was the best parking spot in the lot. It crowded out a bunch of handicapped spaces. Oh, God, that's great. No, that's beautiful. So the electric vehicle charger is more important than the handicapped spaces. Let's get rid... Those damn handicapped people don't want to save the planet, I guess, huh? He said there were diesel generators behind the store, and whenever someone was using the charger, the generator would kick in. Just in case these charging stations uh, that you find can't run without some kind of, well, you know, they can't run without some, some kind of organic fuel back up there. He said the stores illustrate the uh, lack of thought going into the demands that will be placed on the grid once, if, if they ever get, and I don't think they ever will, if they ever get their dream of going all electric, that's just simply not going to happen, going all electric like that. It's just not. As those demands pile up and U.S. energy policy pushes to try to remove coal and nuclear and natural gas, then what are you going to do? Remember, California had the problem a while ago. People were trying to charge their vehicles. And it was pulling too much on California's grid. California was trying to go all solar and wind. And they couldn't do it. So they had to, first off, tell people, please don't charge your electric vehicles during peak times in the summertime. Please don't. Then they had to go turn on their natural gas plants again in order to provide enough electricity. So, all right. So, uh, let me see. The re it goes into what was claimed by Elon Musk and so on. Uh, okay, we had Alex Epstein in town. Epstein calculated that enough battery storage to create a reliable grid would cost about $590 trillion in batteries alone. And that's a lot of pollution, by the way, to create those batteries and then dispose of them. But that's going green for you. Let's wake up, Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank. So I've been uh, helping people ruin their New Year's resolutions again. I have some rules here. No, no, no rules. No, no, there's rules. Okay. To, 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 to violating resolutions? Yes, to violating resolutions. So you're you're trying to stick to your diet. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. walk into the kitchen yeah, and yeah. someone has left some goodies in there. Stay away. No, you're allowed. Oh. See, this is how to break the resolution. It's their fault, Frank. 
Whose fault? They left the whoever they are that left oh, the goodies well, there. If I know that, then I can do that to everyone. Yeah, say that. Okay. Say, you know, I control you. It is absolutely not your fault. In fact, here, here's the story. I got to tell you this story. I got to tell everybody this story. Uh, so I was uh, in uh, Tampa Bay at a little talk radio network I worked at there. And it was a tall building with a lot of different offices, right? And so I was uh, walking in, and there's a couple of guys standing out front. And they're having a conversation. And this one guy, who I knew to be just a jerk, I mean, really, he's the worst kind of lawyer there is. Oh. Okay? Yeah, that kind. And he was standing there holding a couple of bags because he had gone to the store and bought all those little halloween size candies okay fun size yes yeah sure that's fun that's not fun <laughs> it's not fun until you eat about six of them then, then you start fun, to have yeah. fun yeah and what had happened was see all of his employees in his law office are very attractive women so it lets you know what kind of skeezy guy this is oh, that's okay. all he, so he was bribing them with fun size no, no, candy no, no. Bars. worse 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 they had all gotten together and decided to collectively in the office form a support group so they could all help each other lose weight. <laughs> he's bringing those candies in, and he's going to set them in bowls strategically <laughs> all around his office and then just sit back and laugh as they just blow their diets. Because you know they're not going to be able to resist, Frank. Well, no, not not fun size ones. No, no. Well, again, Frank, those are not fun size. <laughs> not until you've eaten six of them. Then that's a fun size. And I hate it when M&M says, it's shareable size. I've seen the size of that bag. No, it's not. And uh, Girl Scout cookies. You know, that's like another one. Thin mints. A box of thin mints. Yes. Serving size, eight, what, eight minutes? Yeah. Because I think that's eight minutes, not eight people. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that, that lawyer guy, I mean. That's sinister. That, yeah, that is just, Frank, that is pure evil what he was doing placing bowls all over the place and laughing at these women as they're all collectively trying to do a good thing lose some weight get in shape right which means if you want to hire a lawyer he's probably the perfect guy <laughs> as long yeah. as he's sinister in court yes too, yeah. you need a sinister lawyer who will do anything, anything. to win indeed College football over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys capped their season with a 16-15 win over Toledo in the Arizona Bowl in Tucson on Saturday, winning that deal on the last play of the game. Down two in that fourth quarter, the Pokes drove 87 yards, 12 plays, with John Hoyland nailing a 24-yard 20 field goal for the victory. And Hoyland, who has endured a tough year, finished the season in style with three field goals. Wyoming offense did just enough to win the game, and their offensive line really struggled in the second and third quarters. The Cowboys did run for 100 170 yards and quarterback Andrew Peasley was 20 of 25 for 168 yards but was sacked three times including a safety. Cowboy defense really had to save the day. They did allow an 80 yard run for a touchdown and two field goals but that's it as Toledo had just 14 first downs. And head coach Craig Bull rides off into the retirement sunset with a nine-win season. That was great to see. National semifinals in college football yesterday. Washington beat Texas 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl in an exciting game. And an equally exciting game in the Rose Bowl at Michigan beat Alabama in overtime 27-20. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos did beat the L.A. Chargers on Sunday 16-9. But they were eliminated from the playoff chase after Kansas City won their game on Sunday. Quarterback Jared Stidham. Uh, functional. He threw for 224 yards in a TD, but not much better than Russell Wilson, who was benched. Turned out that Coach Sean Payton really was trying to pull the fast one, saying that the team needed an offensive spark, so we're going to put Wilson on the bench and bring this other guy in. 
In fact, he, they sat Wilson so the team can save $37 million in 2025. And the Broncos will miss the playoffs again. And they haven't even been there since 2015. That says it all. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys open up Mountain West Conference play tonight in Larrabee, taking on San Jose State. The Pokes lost to BYU in Provo over the weekend, 94-68, to and it's tough to win in Provo to begin with. And BYU was ranked 12th in the country. UW not, re- not really ready for primetime against these nationally ranked caliber teams. Sam Griffin left the Pokes with 25 Five points on 10 of 14. Mason Walters had a brutal day going 4 of 7 for 12 points. So the Cowboys and the Spartans tonight at 6.30 at the Double A. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls open Mountain West play on Saturday with a 61-47 victory over Boise State. So they're 6-6 six and six overall. McKinley Dickerson, the formerly uh, formerly McKinley Bradshaw from Lyman, had 16 points on 6 of 12 in the field. Boise State was just Awful from the three-point line, one of 17. They fell to nine and five, and the Cowgirls will be in Logan, Utah, to take on the Aggies of Utah State tomorrow. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Who's going to be in the Super? I think the one team that looks really good is Baltimore. Yeah, and the other team that looks really good is San Francisco. Okay. Baltimore and San Francisco. They have played each other before when the Harbaugh brothers were the were the coaches for the respective teams. Okay. So one Harbaugh now is coaching Michigan in college football. I know if I ask you one week from now, I'll get it'll, a be something, it'll be something. It'll be something else. <laughs> it won't be the Packers. Let's no, put it that way. Definitely not the Packers. No, All definitely right. not, not. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll on to news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.